Because of that water, like you can't stand up in it. Interior residents trying to get ahead of the flooding get stuck in high water. It's devastating. I worked really hard to build a life for me and my son. The affordable housing crisis coming to a head in Surrey, where a single mother is suddenly out on the streets. Yeah, I'm not in favor of it. And the summit rite of passage that could get you fined in one Metro Vancouver municipality. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We are on flood watch tonight and things are getting much worse in the interior. This is Cherry Creek, west of Kamloops on Highway 1. Locals monitoring the rising waters raging through their rural properties. A lot of homeowners here struggling to defend their land from Mother Nature. The central interior and rivers around Cash Creek and Merritt are still under a flood watch. The first time last year we didn't, uh, there was, sandbagging didn't do us any good. So we didn't use it. This year we had sandbag couldn't across here. You can still see some over here. Uh, but it didn't last a day. When the water came up, it was gone. It jumped the bank and then now the power of the creek has come in here and taken away this whole area that used to be just a horse paddock. And uh, we had to shore it up with the sandbags. If we didn't, it uh, would have kept going and it would have taken out the barn. Well, you can see just how strong the waters there are. This is Gishon Creek in Merritt, uh, showing again just how fast the water is moving here. The berm of the creek was breached this morning. Uh, that has forced six residences along nearby File Road to be put on evacuation order. Uh, also forced out people living in a mobile home park east of the creek. Heavy equipment now being brought in to mitigate the risk here. But uh, the disaster is coming. It's one of those slow creeper nightmares. Rising water uh, threatening several more homes in the Okanagan as well. 64 properties are under evacuation alert in the community of Twin Lakes. The lakes here, they've got depressions. That means there's no natural outflow for the water like a creek or a river. On top of that, you've got the snowpack, which is still melting fast. Water levels are forecast to be as much as two metres higher than last year. The ground now so saturated that the earth is starting to give way. Mudslides now forcing some residents out of their homes. As Jules Knox reports, the threat is far from over. Well, yesterday afternoon, my wife uh, heard some crushing, crunching sounds in the, uh, in the woods over here. Kent McFarlane watched as mud slid down the slope near his house. And then the trees started falling. And then the water started, because it was blocked off over there, the water... The water came all the way down my driveway. On Saturday morning, McFarlane was confined to his house. Officials told him if he left, he couldn't return until they were sure it was safe. Firefighters had been assessing the area when they saw some cracks. And as we were standing there, um, we literally, it was a very slow uh, motion, but it literally dropped probably, I'd say, about an inch. A scary moment, but typical of the problems plaguing the stretch of road. Communities just saturated with water. It is extremely important when you're in these areas that you are paying attention to these cracks in the road because it can happen that quickly. There was no sound. It was very quiet, and literally you just saw the ground just go under. 
Frustration is building. Property owner Jan Bogan says drainage basins have been neglected over time. And I think the problem is nobody's doing anything or stepping up the plate to do anything. And now all the public is at risk. Safety, collapses, homes, it's just not fair. While officials are still dealing with the aftermath of the first two landslides, they're also closely monitoring other areas like this one, where new cracks have developed that could signal another landslide is on the way. Jules Knox, Global News, north of Fintry. A freshwater disaster is unfolding in West Vancouver, where streamkeepers are worried that a unique population of trout may have been wiped out. It turns out construction on a highway project contaminated Larson Creek. Jill Bennett reports. They're all sunk to the bottom. Uh, their gills are full of uh, siltation, from the, from the, which is basically wet cement. 76 cutthroat trout, likely the entire population in West Vancouver's Larson Creek, all dead after a spill last Monday from a construction site working on ground stabilization. They've lived here all their life for generations and generations. They don't leave. They stay here. They're limited as to where they can go. If they get swept below a certain area, they never get back to where they were. When you have a kill, is What's going, to, what's going to rebuild that run? It's believed the spill, a slurry of cement and water, was released after a pressure test on some equipment caused erosion. That led to the water entering this culvert and then getting into the creek. The cement r- residue that's, uh, that's, that's ended up in the creek, in the gills of the fish, The B.C. Transportation Ministry calls the incident unexpected and unacceptable. In a statement saying, effective immediately, additional measures have been put in place to further protect the environment. The water disposal area has been stabilized and covered so no additional erosion occurs. From now on, all excess water will go through a treatment system before it's released. This company should should pay the price for this, this conduct and this activity. It may never come back. That's the risk. If everything's gone, we're dead in the water and we've lost a creek and a population of trout. Both the province and the federal government are investigating the spill, but it's unclear at this point if there will be any charges. Jill Bennett, Global News. Some tense moments in downtown Vancouver this afternoon as police surrounded a building in the West End. This is the aftermath of a large police presence outside the apartment in the 1600 block of Harrow Street. The back window of a Kia sedan smashed out. The vehicle, the apparent target of some of the items witnesses say were tossed from a 19th floor suite. No word yet on what started this or if anybody has been arrested. A single mother desperately searching for a place to rent is the latest example of the rental crisis in Surrey. Julia Foy has her story. I never considered that this would happen. Pictures, toys, the neighbours have come and picked through and taken a lot. Surrey renter Sarah Barrett suddenly finds herself homeless. It's heartbreaking. I've lived here for nine years. This is my life sitting on the front lawn with crows picking through it. Barrett says four months ago, her landlord told her that she may be evicted. In January, my landlord let me know that he was going to be moving his in-laws in um, and that I would need to look for um, different housing. In protest, she stopped paying her rent and began to search for new housing. At that time, I mentioned to her that it's something that might happen in the future and she may have to uh, look for something else if that actually happens. And then, I don't know, for whatever reason, she decided to stop paying the rent. Chung went to court, and on May 1st, bailiffs took her belongings out of the house. 
Barrett says she's applied for over 180 different rental units without success, even though she has a steady job and reference letters. She can't find a new home for herself and her seven-year-old son, Dayton. I had to suck up a lot of pride and reach out to the community resources, homeless prevention workers, anybody that could help, and they're just so bogged down with a million stories like me. I'm just a drop in the bucket. In April, Surrey Council approved an affordable housing plan, which aims to build up to 2,000 new rental units in the next few years. But that won't help people like Barrett. We have about 3,000 people on the wait list for BC Housing in Surrey, which is significant, and some people just never apply because they know that the wait list is so long. And for those who are making um, a decent wage, they don't actually uh, qualify for some of the uh, subsidies that come into the system. I worked really hard to build a life for me and my son, and I have to leave it all. I want to give him more. I feel like I failed him. Julia Foy, Global News. Hundreds of people on the streets of Hope today taking part in the second annual March for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls, Men and Boys. Today's march to keep reminding people about the ongoing violence against Indigenous people in this country. Aboriginal women and girls are five times more likely to die at the hands of violence. Today's march also a way of bringing people together and offering support to those still looking for their loved ones. A taekwondo coach from Toronto who used to teach in this province is facing 13 sex charges. The RCMP in BC believe there could be more potential victims. 44-year-old Shin Wook Lim was arrested earlier this week in Toronto. He's being charged with sex assault, sexual exploitation, touching and interference. Now, between 2015 and 2017, Lim is accused of sexually assaulting a teenage girl who was one of his students. Before moving to Ontario in 2013, he lived in B.C. where he ran taekwondo training schools, including one in Port Moody. BC RCMP believing there may be more alleged victims of Lim in our province. They are urging anybody with information to come forward. Police on the hunt for a suspect after a targeted double shooting in Delta last night. Officers responded to a shots-fired call around 9.45 p.m. This was in the 8800 block of Del Vista Drive. Two victims suffering from gunshot wounds were found, both taken to hospital. They are expected to survive. The male shooting suspect fled the scene before officers arrived. Police think the shooting was targeted and linked to a previous dispute. A man has been charged in connection with a crash that killed a cyclist last year. A memorial marking the spot in North Vancouver where Lucas Drake was killed last July. Drake was cycling down the Keith Road Hill when he was struck by a driver who was trying to turn left onto Shavington Street. 33-year-old Reese Lee William Howie is facing three charges under the Motor Vehicle Act, including driving without due care and attention in connection to that fatal collision. The district of North Vancouver is being accused of taking the fun out of summer. Council voted this week to introduce sweeping changes to its parks and green space bylaws, including fines for anybody who is caught jumping off the dock in Deep Cove. Nadia Stewart has more. In the summertime, Deep Cove is the place to be. Popular with kayakers and paddleboarders, all of them floating past this very popular dock. I think there are kids that jump off the dock. We got a float out in the middle of the beach and they jump out of that. And when I was young, we had a slide. 
But dog jumpers now have to find somewhere else to get their summertime thrills. This week, the District of North Vancouver voted to restrict jumping from the dock. Anyone caught now subject to a $200 fine. I mean, some of this parking and everything, that should probably be taken care of before finding kids for jumping off the dock. It's, it's kind of interesting what things are prohibited now and which ones aren't. But then again, I thought the enforcement is probably so lax that in the end, does it matter or not, right? It's hard to say how strictly this and all other bylaw amendments will be enforced. All the changes come as the district updates its rules for parks and green spaces, one, something two, that hasn't happened one, since two, the 60s. One, but this one change in one, particular two. is getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I'm not in favor of it. Muri says she has spoken with the director of engineering who says there could be an amendment in the weeks to come now that the bigger task of overhauling the bylaw is done. There have been concerns about safety in the past with the cove becoming busier every year. But Muri is proposing another solution. Education is going to be the solution to this that, you know, look out below, um, you know, have spotters when you're going to jump um, and make sure that you're aware and do it at your own risk. It's deep cove. It's the sunny weather it's being able to get into the water and play and it's just something that generations of people that have grown up here it's always happened for now muri and others are hopeful deep cove will be able to keep its beloved tradition adios your global news Welcome back. Well, B.C. is not the only Canadian province that is hit by flooding. The emergency continues in New Brunswick, where close to 750 people have been forced from their homes. Global's Morgan Campbell has the latest. This is what homeowners in parts of New Brunswick woke up to. Waves crashing the shoreline, threatening properties and roadways on day eight of the flood emergency. You know, the water's bad right now, but the wind and the water's worse, so... uh... Some friends need it, and you gotta go. We're Maritimers, you gotta go. The water levels along the St. John River haven't been this high since 1972. Many are doing what they can to keep the torrent at bay. The province's premier joined hundreds in sandbagging efforts. It's beautiful and inspiring to see that such good is coming out of a terrible situation for many families. Just 20 minutes away in Grand Bay Westfield, the Canadian Coast Guard has deployed three response vessels to patrol the waters and assist with evacuations. We are here strictly to assist. We're a resource agency in this uh, case and uh, we uh, just want to help any way we can. With more rain and mild temperatures forecast for northern parts of the province, emergency officials are bracing for the worst. Water levels are sitting at about five and a half meters without high tide. Now that number is expected to go up to at least six meters in the upcoming days. High winds caused widespread power outages across the province, including in the south, which emergency officials say will complicate matters. Whether it's through bullhorn and knocking on doors, we want to communicate with some of those people that we've seen who are definitely isolated. So far, the Canadian Red Cross has assisted more than 220 people, and police have had to step up patrols in those areas. When you have people coming in for somewhat uh, you know, nefarious type uh, purposes, looking around to see what they can find or uh, you know, being where they shouldn't be. So we, we have our extra patrols out. Morgan Campbell, Global News, St. John. Two people are dead in Ontario after a powerful windstorm brought down trees and power lines there. Look at that. Wind gusts close to 120 kilometres per hour clobbered parts of southern Ontario and Quebec. At one point, 
More than 200,000 Ontario Hydro customers were affected by outages. More than 195,000 customers in Quebec were also left in the dark. Two people in southern Ontario have been killed, one by a falling tree, the other by a downed power line. Hundreds of strong earthquakes have rattled Hawaii's big island as the Kilauea volcano eruption continues to threaten several communities there. The strongest quake to hit was a magnitude 6.9, the most powerful to hit the island in more than 40 years. Power was cut off to thousands of people. Officials didn't issue any tsunami warnings, though. Thousands have already been evacuated from their homes. Fresh eruptions are still causing unprecedented damage. I've been awake for two days. I have no idea. I've just, I just want to get to a safe place. The last time when it was threatening Pahoa was no, no big deal because it was so slow moving and so far away. This was like a lightning strike compared to that. Hundreds of students rallying for stricter gun control in Dallas today, the same city where the NRA is holding its annual convention. I hope to send a message to political leadership as well as the leadership in the NRA that we're not just students that are going to gather and go back, right back home. Well, many of the protesters at today's rally are students who say it is time to end the tragic and fatal school shootings. A lot of police in that area. There is a pro-gun rally being held just down the street. So far, both rallies have been peaceful. Marijuana legalization may be around the corner, but supporters of the drug say more needs to be done to truly legalize it. That is the marijuana advocate Judy Emery. She was at today's Global Marijuana March, which was happening in Toronto. The event is held every year. It is where advocates showcase medicinal uses of the drug. But also on show, there were products like balms and oils. And while legalization may be on the horizon, advocates are calling on the government to include more voices in the whole discussion, including growers. All we want is some inclusion. We want to be a part of it. We don't want to control it 100%, but we don't believe that the government should control it 100% either. It has to be a joint uh, venture. The Tudor government is expected to introduce legalization uh, sometime this summer. Five coal miners are still missing after a tremor struck a mine in southern Poland. Officials said four miners were brought to the surface and two more were found this afternoon alive, but they were hurt. Contact has been lost with at least five others who are more than 900 metres underground. Dangerous methane levels making the rescue effort especially difficult. NASA has launched its first mission to Mars from the West Coast. Three, two... They sounded very calm. If all goes according to plan, the six-month journey will be the first time NASA studies the surface and interior of the red planet. Scientists are hoping to understand more about so-called Mars quakes. The world's tallest and fastest roller coaster opened in Ohio today, but it had to be shut down pretty quickly.
Steel Vengeance is what this thing is called. It had a far from smooth ride today when two of its trains bumped into each other. Both trains fully packed with riders. Four people had to be treated at the scene or returned back to the park. This ride rising 62 metres, that's about 205 feet before dropping 60 metres all while travelling at 119 kilometres an hour. My stomach just jumps, just as you're seeing just those you're numbers. Seeing <laughs> would, would you not want uh, others to test out the uh, roller coaster yes. before you go on it? I guess that's what makes roller coaster uh, yeah. thrill seekers who they are. But I would, uh, I'd wait maybe a few weeks to get the bugs out and then maybe. <laughs> that is like the worst thing that could have happened to them. Yeah, so, yeah it's not good for business. No. I would not. No. Um, all right, then, listen. Um, oh, actually, talking about that ride, P&E opened today. Nice. And it's a great day for so, it. Yeah, perfect weather. It's just open at weekends. And tomorrow's going to be another hot one as well, isn't it? Yeah, so today is definitely the warmer and brighter of the bunch for our weekend. Temperatures have been soaring, especially for interior sections. A look at some of the highs for today. 18 for areas by the water. Inland, closer to 22 and 23 degrees. Interior sections today, a Soyuz, a hot one at 25. Trail today, climbing up to 26 degrees and the northeastern corners of the province with the peace up to 21 degrees. We do have more cloud cover for tomorrow and a change on the way for the beginning of the week. I'll outline that and the return for some wet weather. But it is going to be brief, just a big, bit of a blip in the forecast, so I'll show you when. Come All on. right, okay, wet weather. Um, but blip. A little That's blip. That's the good news. It's short. Yeah. I All was right. going to interject that at the P&E, the roller coasters are excellent, right? They're yes, safe. they're safe. Nothing bad happens. Yeah. You, just, uh, you, just, you just don't need a chili dog before you go on. But it's, it's <laughs> uh, what's happening in terms of sport then? Is well, you know, sports is funny. The Whitecaps last Friday, they played uh, and won at home and didn't play very well, but they won anyway. Today in Minnesota, they played great, but they lost 1-0 uh, to Minnesota. They had so many chances, just uh, couldn't beat the uh, Minnesota goalkeepers. So I have highlights of that, but I guess, you know, they don't hand out any style points um, if you lose, I suppose. But mm. the Caps did play well, so at least they can hang their head on that. But mm. tough loss. All right, the Aga Khan is in town this weekend. Thousands expected to be at BC Place celebrating his Diamond Jubilee year. It's such a, a form of gratitude when he comes. It's a real expression of gratitude for all that he's done in really improving the lives of millions of people around the world. The spiritual leader of the world's 15 million Shia Ismaili Muslims is in Vancouver until tomorrow. He'll be sharing his philosophy. Today's event will celebrate the 60-year anniversary since he became His Highness. The Aga Khan's visit to Canada started in Ottawa earlier this week. It's been 10 years since he's come to BC. Some 20,000 people expected to be at his events at the stadium. In Vancouver alone, the Aga Khan has about 10,000 followers. It's incredibly special. I mean, it's, it's a rare occasion, and he means so much to the community. He's the 49th hereditary uh, imam, or spiritual leader, of the world's Ismaili Muslims. And he is tasked with the responsibility to lead the community in matters of faith, uh, but also to improve the quality of life uh, of the community, as well as the countries within which they live. It's, it's really special. Um, the last time His Highness was here was in 2008. Um, and it's, it's a rare occasion for us to have a time uh, physically with uh, His Highness in, in Canada and in Vancouver even less so. So uh, for an entire generation, this is their first chance to experience it. I know that I remember uh, my first uh, time that His Highness came when I was quite young and it's, it sticks with you. It's a really, really memorable occasion for us. 
right, we've got an update on Vancouver's Rio Theatre. It has cheated death once again thanks to a cash infusion from Van City. The credit union has gifted a mortgage to the Eastside landmark that's going to cover most of the costs needed to buy the building. The theatre's Save the Rio crowdfunding campaign, that raised $500,000 through online donations of various events. You might remember the all-night telethon they had a couple of weeks ago. The Rio needed $3 million to stay alive. The operator says they do still need a little more. Uh, they plan to get that from various investors. In health news tonight, the B.C. government is expanding the farmer's market coupon program so that more low-income families have access to good nutrition. Health Minister Adrian Dix at the Trout Lake Farmer's Market today announcing this move. Uh, the whole point of this is to give more expectant mothers and lower-income earners access to healthy, locally grown food. Over four months, those taking part will get $21 a week to spend on produce from farmer's markets in 57 communities around the province. That's up from $15 a week. It has health benefits. I have type 1 diabetes, and I can tell you that eating good whole fruit, eating good whole vegetables, I said that, good whole vegetables, uh, and nuts and everything else, is critical to my health every day. Part of the reason why uh, I've had type 1 diabetes for decades and have stayed healthy is because I have access to good food. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. All right, welcome back. We are getting some breaking news right now. Coquitlam RCMP are on the hunt for a missing psychiatric patient. 44-year-old Shane Clay is wanted on a Canada-wide warrant for being unlawfully at large. Clay was reported missing from the Colony Farm Forensic Psychiatric Hospital at Riverview sometime yesterday. He was last seen wearing a white T-shirt, black jacket, green pants and black and white runners. He is uh, suffering from a mental illness. Uh, the advice is if you see him, don't approach him and call police immediately. Now, it is the unofficial start of summer, of course, as Playland kicks off the 2018 season. Playland is going to be open from 10 to 6 on the weekends until the full opening of the park. That's going to be in late June. Now, there's a bunch of new rides to check out, including Bug World and the Dizzy Drop. There's also, of course, the more daunting challenge for those more experienced riders, known as the Beast. Officials say there were pretty big crowds today with, of course, lots of gorgeous weather. Fantastic weather here today, uh, which is perfect for the open of our season. We have lots of exciting thrills and family rides for all to experience, all the sights and sounds to take in, and of course, our famous mini donuts here at the park. I was so close to going today, so close to one, <laughs> and then I chickened out. Um, Why? I went swimming instead with okay. my five-year-old, but That's maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow you yes. can hit up the coaster. You yeah. should go on the coaster. <laughs> All right, uh, another beautiful day today. Temperatures warmed up. We'll see a similar weather picture for tomorrow for a few areas across the province. Temperatures similar tomorrow, but we do have a change on the way. Here's a shot overlooking the North Shore Mountains. We're sitting at 17 out of the airport, a northwesterly wind at 15 kilometers per hour. Our high today was 
and 18. That's if you were by the water inland up to 22 degrees. We're above our average for this time of the year, 15, and a record of 23 degrees was set back in 1990. Here's a look at some of the numbers right now along the North Shore, still sitting at 19. Coquitlam with your current temperature at 21. Burnaby, 20. Surrey, 22 degrees. Areas near White Rock at 20. 24 for Chilliwack and areas near Hope and areas near Agassiz with your current temperature at 23. Inland across the island, Port Alberni at 23 degrees. Tofino sitting at 17. And into the interior, still into the low 20s. Nelson at 21 degrees. Prince George for the central interior at 18. And Bella Coola with your current temperature at 22. We do have uh, clear skies right now across the south coast, but we will see more cloud cover. It'll be for the overnight leading in towards our Sunday. Big weather picture as we zoom on out. We had a weak ridge of high pressure that was in place today, bringing all the sunshine. The instability, however, will be for the southeastern corners of the province and southern sections of the interior, where we're still looking at the risk of a thunderstorm, and it'll be similar for tomorrow. On our Monday, this is the increase in cloud cover and a weak system that is going to push in. We will see the return for some shower activity. Southern sections tomorrow into the Okanagan will also be looking at the risk of a thunderstorm. thunderstorm rather. Upper-level chart just putting it into place, so we do have that disturbance unsettled, pushing in with more cloud cover, similar from Monday, and then breaks once again on our Tuesday. The piece tomorrow, well above your average, that sits at 14, with the sunshine and a high of 22 tomorrow. White horse, a mix of sun and cloud, 11 degrees, warming up Tuesday, up to 17 with some sunshine. Coastal section, still one more dry day for tomorrow, 14 Showers on Monday and a similar weather picture for your Tuesday. Caribou and Central Interior will see some fog patches developing overnight and for the morning hours, dissipating with a mix of sun and cloud by the afternoon with the high of 20. Columbia and Kootenai region instability for the afternoon and early evening tomorrow with that daytime heating up to 24 and the risk of a thunderstorm. Tops in Okanagan will be up to 25 degrees, a chance of showers on Monday. Unsettled late in the day on your Tuesday. Whistler could see a slight chance for an isolated shower overnight. 21 will be the high tomorrow. More cloud cover tomorrow right across the island, the south coast, and for Metro Vancouver. A slight chance we'll see an isolated or a passing shower. 18, similar to what we're seeing today. Inland up to 22 and 23 degrees. Cloud cover and showers. It looks unsettled on our Monday. We'll see some breaks warming up once again on our Tuesday and showers Wednesday onwards. Sonia? All right, brilliant. Now, you're a massive fan of the Royal Wedding, so you're very excited now? Yes, as are you, and I'm sure I'm going to get the play-by-play from you. I'm looking forward to the inside scoop. Absolutely. I've got some for you right now. Uh, We are just two weeks away from Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's big walk down the Royal Isle. Uh, Lots of details, like what the bride is going to wear, of course. That is all top secret, but Kensington Palace has revealed some little tidbits. This is crunch time for the couple. Now, we did get new, fresh details from Kensington Palace about what we can expect. Meghan Markle breaking with UK tradition by involving both her mom and dad, who are divorced in the wedding. Dad is going to walk his daughter down the aisle, and mom is going to accompany Meghan, escorting her in a car to the chapel at Windsor Palace. We still don't know what the dress will look like, although British media are speculating that an Australian designer duo has actually designed the dress, but that's probably going to be kept under wraps until the big day. There has been some family drama. Meghan's estranged half-brother penning an open letter to Prince Harry, urging him to call off the wedding. But that, of course, is stopping no one. We 
also know that Meghan is breaking with some tradition by not having a maid of honor. Instead, she'll be embracing the British tradition of having little tiny flower girls and page boys and bridesmaids. Those are likely to be Princess Charlotte and Prince George, although that hasn't been cons- confirmed. There's going to be a marching band uh, preparing for the wedding. Afterwards, after that ceremony, the pair will ride in an open-topped horse-drawn carriage down the streets. Nearly 50,000 American tourists expected to be in town for all of the festivities. Lucy Kafanov, NBC News, London. And we have pictures of uh, newly born Prince Louis. These have been released by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Uh, These photos, once again, taken by new mum Kate at Kensington Palace. She's done this with her other children as well. The image of Princess Charlotte kissing Prince Louis was taken on the newly minted Big Sister's third birthday on May the 2nd. The second picture of the youngest royal taken on April 26th when uh, Prince Louis there just three days old. He looks so awake and alert. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, talking about the royal wedding. You do a very, very good Prince Charles, actually. But I won't force you to do that. You'll have to walk on it. <laughs> All right, what have we got? Should be quite school. lovely. Uh, yes, we are <laughs> going to talk uh, some soccer. I understand Charles is a huge MLS fan. <laughs> Unlikely. All right. Thanks, Sonia. Uh, the Whitecaps kicked off a uh, or kicked a three-game losing skid last week on their home pitch. Today they were back on the road taking on Minnesota FC, a team they should be able to beat. And they did come out firing, trying to keep the momentum going from last week. Minnesota, certainly a chance to score on this team. They uh, have not had a shutout yet this season, and the Caps are all over them in the opening half. Sixth minute, Anthony Blondell... This close to making it goals in back-to-back matches. Bobby Shuttleworth with the sprawling save. And then another chance for Blondell. Cuts it to the middle, but Shuttleworth just gets a fingertip on it. Ensuing corner kick. Kendall Waston using his size. Now this looks like it's got to be in. Got so much power on that, but Shuttleworth... Incredible, holding the line, literally, keeping that one out of the net. Great goalkeeping. It remains nil-nil. It could be 3-0 Vancouver. Still in the opening half. Half, Brett uh, Levi's, the curling it in from the corner, has the keeper beat, but this time off the crossbar. Caps, so many chances, but failed to score in the first half. And after Minnesota went down a man after a red card, this should never happen with 10 men. Miguel Abara stopped by Stefan Marinovic, but nobody clears out the rebound, and Abara fires into the open net. 1-0 Minnesota. Caps had another great chance to tie it. Breck Shea with the left foot, but another great save by Shuttleworth. He was the star of the match. Caps just couldn't beat him. They fall 1-0 at Minnesota despite a great effort. They host Houston on Friday night at BC Place. It looks as though there will be no suspension or fine for Brad Marchand after his uh, latest up-close-and-personal on-ice uh, contact. Last night, he licked the face of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning's Ryan Callahan. This after he kissed Leafs player Leo Komarov in the opening round. It's disgusting, really, and it's hard to believe he's getting away with it. Here's the video evidence. Marchand in the face, literally, of Callahan and then... Gives it the old lick. The NHL says they basically talked to Marchand and they say it won't happen again or he'll face discipline. It's like spitting on someone's face. I think he should have got suspended. It's a gross misconduct. It's ridiculous, but that's the NHL decision. NHL tonight, pivotal game five, Caps and Penguins. 
from Washington. Series tied at two. First period. Pens get an early one, and it's from an unlikely source. Jamie Alexiak with the long slapper beats Braden Holtby. one nothing Pens. Late first. Caps tie it on the power play. John Carlson. All sorts of time. Winds and blasts it past Matt Murray. Ties it at one. And then 33 seconds later, Washington takes the lead. The former Prince George Cougar, Brett Connolly, with the quick release. And he got a little help on the deflection off the D-man there. 2-1 caps after one. Second period, though, on the power play at Pittsburgh. Power play so lethal. Phil Kessel with the ripper goes in off Sidney Crosby. Crosby's goal is ninth. Ties it 2-2. And just three minutes later, on another power play, Patrick Hornquist at the side of the net with Malkin chopping away. And it's Hornquist who finally knocks in the loose puck. 3-2 Penguins in front. But in the opening minute of the third, Evgeny Kuznetsov gets behind the Pens' defense. And how about that little sweet move? Five-hole pass. Murray ties it at three. That's where they stand right now. The series tied 2-2. Jets and Preds game five just getting underway in Nashville. Highlights of that one at 11. Well, it appears the Raptors' record-breaking regular season will not have a happy ending in the postseason. Once again, LeBron James has almost single-handedly crushed the Raptors' spirit. Coming off an epic 43-point performance in Game 2, LeBron and the Cavs took their 2-0 series lead onto home court tonight for Game 3. And unless you are a super optimist, it's hard to believe Toronto can rally. It really looks like they don't even believe themselves they have what it takes to take down King James. Cavs are riding an eight-game playoff win streak versus Toronto over the last three seasons. And Raps would have liked to get off to a good start, but it didn't happen. OG Ananobi denied by Kevin Love. LeBron in transition just races down the court and throws it down. Too easy. 12-4 Cleveland in the first. Raps missed a lot of easy shots, but finally DeMar DeRozan hangs in the air. It goes, and the foul. Raps down just five after one, so a nice rally. But it seems anytime Cleveland needs a basket, LeBron just does it himself. Draws the foul off Serge Ibaka, 13 at that point for LeBron. Raps did show some guts, though, and it's the rookie Ananobi with the drive and bucket. One-point ball game. But again, LeBron just attacks at will. Seems unstoppable. Another easy layup. 50-38 right now, Cleveland. And they are late in the first half. In the other East semi, Celtics took care of home court. Carried a 2-0 series lead into Philadelphia today. Dying seconds of the the game. Celtics by two, but the 76ers tied on this dramatic Last second jumper by the former Raptor, Marco Bellinelli, or Bellinelli rather, 76ers thought it was a three, so the confetti came down, but it was a toe on the line. It was a two. We need overtime. And in OT, down one, Marcus Morris finds Al Horford, who lays it in, 99-98 Boston. They would uh, score two free throws. Bellinelli's desperation three, no good. So the Celtics now with a 3-0 lead after the 101-98 win. Welcome back. Well, sometimes Mother Nature takes over the spotlight at major sporting events, and today that was the case at a very soggy Churchill Downs in Kentucky. A record two and a half inches of rain fell today, making the track extremely sloppy and making it much tougher to handicap the field. The pre-race favorite was Justify, trained by Bob Baffert. End of the stretch, and it's Justify and Mike Smith turning for home in front. Good magic and Jose Ortiz alone. And then Audible on the inside, who's now up in a third. Justify a two-length lead as they come to the final 16. Good magic on the outside, a second. Audible third for 
All right, let's move on. Blue Jays on the road in Tampa this weekend, down 4-1 in the eighth, but a little rally here. Lourdes Gurriel, the rookie from Cuba with the uh, solo shot there, cuts it to 4-2, and then later, Oscar Hernandez ripping one to left. That drops for a base hit. Aldemus uh, Diaz scores to cut it to 4-3. But Tampa got one in the bottom of the eighth. And then in the ninth, Kendris Morales goes down swinging to end the ball game. Jays fall 5-3, three in a row. They've now lost their record drops to 18-16. and 16. Third round of the Wells Fargo Championship from Quail Hollow in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tiger Woods barely made the cut, but he had a fairly good third round. Drove the short, uh, short par 414th. So this is for Eagle from 70 feet, and Tiger judges that quite well. Just inches away from an Eagle. Made birdie. 3 under 68. He's tied for 31st at 3 under. The big mover today, Peter Uline, started the day in 48th, but the American. Had a near-record setting round. Nice approach that led to a birdie at 15. He had a six-hole stretch where he went seven under. Fired a nine under 62, just one short of the course record set by Rory McIlroy in 2015. So Uline tied for fourth at seven under. But the leader is Australian Jason Day. This is a putt for Eagle on that short par four 14th as well. Legs it to a couple of feet. Day has a two-shot lead at 10 under. Abbotsford's Adam Hadwin had a great round, 5 under 66. He's now tied for 11th at 4 under, just six back, and we'll have the final round tomorrow on Global. EPL season coming to a close. Teams either trying to sew up a Champions League spot or avoid relegation. Those worlds clash today. Spurs and West Brom, and it was West Brom who made a miracle to avoid relegation. They got the first part. Jake Livermore in stoppage time for a 1-0 win, but West Brom need to win their final match and hope uh, both Swansea and Southampton lose their final two. Spurs should qualify for Champions League, but failed to clinch that spot today. And former Manchester United manager Sir Alex Ferguson underwent emergency surgery for a brain hemorrhage today. The club says the surgery went very well, but he needs a period of intensive care to optimize his recovery. The 76-year-old Ferguson won 13 Premier League titles with Manchester United. All right, finally tonight, how an eight-year-old girl from Port Moody held a lemonade stand and raised 300 pairs of shoes for kids in Nicaragua. Four years ago, Calliope Tiliakos found that there are kids there who miss out on going to school because they don't have the right footwear. So she started something called the Lemonade Stand for Ruben's Shoes, where people can donate their kicks to be sent to kids who need them in exchange for a glass of refreshing brew. You can either donate in the jar or you could give us a pair of shoes for some lemonade and the shoes are going to Nicaragua. I really love to donate and it makes me feel happy and it makes other people feel happy too. We have 123 pairs already. How much are you hoping to get by the end of the day? 1,000. 1,000. So you got a bit of a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Soul. I like that. Yeah, yes. brilliant. At only eight years old, so well done, Calliope, if you're watching right now. That is brilliant. Um, good weather for a lemonade stand tomorrow, then. Yes, it'll be dry, and temperatures will be on the warm side. A few areas may just get brushed by an isolated shower. Not as bright as what we saw today, but it should remain dry. Range between 18 and up to 22 inland. The blip in the forecast will be on a Monday, and then we're back into some sunshine on Tuesday. All right, thanks very much for watching. Have a great evening. We'll see you back tonight at 11. Good night. Good night.